Hello and welcome to this week's GarageWire podcast with me, Mike Ruff, GarageWire editor. We've got Ben Stockton, founder of digital training provider Our Virtual Academy on later and we'll be paying particular attention to a niche that's fast becoming a norm. Vehicle manufacturers are increasingly turning electric, with more and more pledging to offer an entirely electrified model range by as early as 2025. Of course, the combustion engine won't be disappearing overnight, far from it thanks to the UK's ageing car park, but for independent garages keen to exploit a new opportunity and future-proof their business, investment in equipping the workshop with the necessary skills and equipment for electric vehicles is increasingly looking likely to be the way forward. At least that's what this week's first guest, Matt Cleveley of Cleveley Motors in Cheltenham is hoping for. Matt, thanks for joining us. Is the future of motoring really electric? Yes, yes, definitely. I was cynical at first, and uh, we got our first Nissan Leaf three years ago to to find out about it. And but purely a practical reason for my wife to do the school running, so local journeys only. Um, and I absolutely, even as a, a petrol head myself, and uh, I've done motorsport for twenty years and been in the garage trade all of my professional life. Um, I, I was a bit cynical about it, but just driving them, it's a much better driving experience. So. Um, once anyone's experienced electric and realised the total cost of ownership is so low and the driving experience is more pleasurable, there's there's no reason it's not just going to take off. In 2018, electric vehicles accounted for just 6% of new registrations in the UK. And as of the end of June 2020, electric vehicles accounted for 22% of all new registrations so far this year. It's clearly a growing market, Matt. So what's the potential here for independent garages to tap into? I've, we've been working on electric vehicles now for two to three years. Um, we've seen um, an increase in the work coming through our workshop of electric vehicle servicing and things. Um, there is a lot less maintenance to do on them. So independent garages need to think smart and be ahead of the game like we are and get in there with um, the owners and understand the cars so they can provide the service that the main dealers can't. Um, I think that's important at the moment. That's the important stage we're in. I wanted to get ahead of the game. Um, being a user as well so I could understand what the owners actually need and what my customers need out of me. What proportion of cars would you say that you get in your workshop that are electric compared to petrol or diesel? I think at the moment we're up to sort of 25-30%. So um, yeah, the we look after a large proportion of the Tesla owners throughout the UK and we have people travelling the length and breadth of the country to get to us as the only independent recommended on the Tesla owners group so we're, we're lucky in that way but um, it's not just Tesla it, we, we see all sorts of Nissan Leaf, Renault Zoe seeing a few problems here or there but servicing majority of it tyres, brakes, suspension items it's all common stuff so yes we're not doing regular oil changes although there are oil changes to be done but we are seeing a, a large number in for all sort of variety of work. How have you managed to build the volume of electric vehicles and attract them into your workshop? We are very passionate about EVs. Our, our business firstly and foremostly is an EV promotional company and we offer used EV sales as well. Um, our business has never done car sales in the past. We've never sold ICE vehicles. We're just purely selling EVs because we want to promote the adoption of EVs from an independent point of view because uh, the customers like to go to somewhere independent so we can sell them the car that suits them not just the car that we're under the brand of other independents now starting to think well i need to get on the ev ladder 
but they don't really understand it and that's our that's where we got the foothold first when you say they don't understand what what do you mean well it's um, a very different customer base to an ice vehicle customer base currently i mean until mass adoption happens where people just buy buy a car and they don't care what motors in it the current crop of ev owners are either looking to save money because of they know that it costs very little to run an ev or um, it's from an environmental standpoint where they they don't want to be driving around in something that produces emissions um, they're all very clued up on their cars and they they will know more than somebody who just puts a sign out and says i can fix evs now i hate to be cynical but you say you've gone into sales of electric vehicles is that because there's not as much money in it in just servicing and maintaining them no not at all no so when i bought my our nissan leaf just over three years ago um we had a hell of a job we went to various main, nissan main dealers and we couldn't even get a test drive out of them they had a leaf in the corner the battery was flat no one knew how to use it they knew nothing about the product and weren't interested in selling it to me i walked away from three different garages and just ended up buying one over the phone from a garage 30 40 miles down the road and going and collecting it off the spec because they had what i wanted and i knew what i wanted the guys local to me had what i wanted but it was just really difficult to buy it from them so uh, from that moment on i thought well if they're not prepared to sell evs then i'll do it myself two years later you're still here and sounding enthusiastic so i'd assume that there is money to be made for garages specializing in electric vehicles despite the fact that the number of moving parts compared to a combustion engine vehicle is minimal. Yes, it's, it's a bit more difficult to make money because there's less opportunity to sell parts, but it doesn't mean there's no opportunity at all. There, and if you're the only person in your town or the area doing electric uh, vehicles, then currently that's the opportunity that, that independents have. Is there much that goes wrong on electric vehicles? What are the service items? A pollen filter? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, pollen filter replacements, but I mean, the rest is levels like tyre pressures. With the regen, brakes wear less, but um, on the, the flip side of that is that they can stick where they're not being used as much as in a traditional ICE vehicle. Every other Tesla service, for instance, will have all the wheels off, has all the pads out. So there are ways that you can, you can benefit from selling your time that way. Um, the cars are, are heavy, batteries are heavy. So we are seeing suspension wear at a faster rate than you would expect in a nice vehicle. Uh, suspension arms, wishbones, things like that regularly. And to the point where we've developed our own line of suspension bushes where you can only buy a complete component from Tesla and we're starting to develop the individual parts that wear of that component. You've obviously gone into electric vehicles wholeheartedly, but what was the deciding factor for you two years ago when you decided to make that commitment um, it was twofold um, I wanted to improve my prof myself professionally so I'd I, I was I'm a master tech I've done the IMI accreditations and I was looking for that next challenge what's the next thing that I need to learn that will benefit me and my business um, electric vehicles come up on the horizon um, secondly it was good timing because my um, it was down to my own personal circumstances and a mechanical sympathy in some ways because my wife was driving a 1400 petrol fiesta one mile up to school for 20 and then it stand for 20 minutes and then driving it one mile back again and this poor old fiesta just who wasn't doing it any good we had solar panels on our house um, and I thought well 
if my wife's at home all day, even if the car doesn't have a great range, I can charge it for free off of my own solar and it's doing very little runs and, and there's less moving parts in an EV so it's the better car to do to keep in town to do the shopping trips to do the uh, school runs and things like that so it was it was just it suited us personally and suited me professionally what was the cost of investment um it's not a huge amount uh, because the specialist kit that's required is you know a thousand pounds worth of insulated tools at most um, there's obviously training that is a must. Find a good training provider, do a level three, level four um, with them. Um, but other than that, the rest has just been promotional and time. So we've we've not needed any different kit, really. Um, a battery lifting table as things go on, and that's £800 or so. So overall, there's not a massive amount of, uh, of investment necessary. I think the the educational investment and staying on top of current trends and geeking out on EV if you like the time investment is the biggest investment that I've had to do but that's my own personal want I've wanted to fully involve myself in the world of EV. Before we move on what do you think the future holds for the automotive industry and independent garages? It's going to be difficult I think um, as technology moves on because there's still stuff that we're seeing we've got no access to Tesla uh, on a diagnostic level so we can't plug any tooling in Tesla won't release the hardware or the software to be able to do that at the moment so with cars being having over-the-air updates and all being connected and locked down it's going to get harder and harder to look after certain items um, and areas of the car because you just won't have access to it the, the amount of work out there will dwindle for for independence you have just got to be on it ahead of the game be able to offer the service that people need and create that volume and that buzz around your business. We're, we're expanding, like I said, into car sales um, and trying to cover all aspects of looking after people's cars and also their investment. So looking at providing charge points, providing solar, all of these things come along once you've, you realise your energy usage with EVs. You think, well, maybe solar would work for me to to run my car cheaper and it's a good investment for my house as well and I mean I, I live in that world completely where I try and run off renewables my house is powered off of solar quite a lot I've got rainwater harvesting I've got battery storage I've, I've fully thrown myself into the renewable energy sector and EVs is part of that and a, and a key part of that as well so if it's just looking after cars that you want to do that that's fine it's, it's all going to be all about volume Thanks so much for your time, Matt. It's been really interesting to hear from you. Yeah, whenever. Yeah, it's a, a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for the invite. Despite a childhood fascination with car mechanics, this week's special guest was advised against such a career by school teachers and was instead encouraged to complete his A-levels, which by his own admission he found to be dull. Eager to pursue his instinct, he managed to get an apprenticeship at a BMW dealer before landing his dream job as an F1 mechanic. His time at Arrow saw him progress through various roles before eventually becoming travelling sub-assembly mechanic. Following the demise of Arrows though, he pursued a new career path in training which, after writing courses for a number of vehicle manufacturers, led to the development of Our Virtual Academy, a now hugely popular training platform amongst independent garages and main dealers. Ben Stockton, many thanks for taking the time to join us. My pleasure Mike, thanks for the invite. 
Tell us a bit more about our virtual academy then. You describe it as the future of automotive technical training. So, uh, what we what we focus on doing is is making high quality videos that are teaching uh, how electrical systems on vehicles work and how to diagnose them. We got into it from um, working with various different manufacturers uh, several years ago, in fact, mainly when I was over in, in Asia. And what we were finding is that dealers and garages in general were having a bit of a problem associated to bringing technicians on training courses because it's it was costing them so much money. Uh, primarily through lost productivity in the workshop. So we wanted to find ways of being able to improve the efficiency of training. So that isn't to say that every single training course that exists needs to be delivered online and that that is the future. I don't believe that. However, there are many instances where it's possible to improve the efficiency a great deal and it's possible to deliver a huge amount of content online and deliver it cheaper. And, you know, there's a there's a fair old skill shortage which exists within the um, global uh, automotive industry. And we potentially are able to sort of help fill that gap. Who puts the training syllabus together for for garages? It's it's all us. It's it's 100 percent done in house. My writers are given pretty much as much time as they need to get a course right and then we uh, we go through the editing uh, process together so in general i end up typing pretty much every single word that goes onto the site um and just changing it in the way that i, I i'd like to be able to present it and then I, I use the writers to do the technical research in the first place once they teach me whatever it is they need to teach me then uh, then then i'll turn it into a course so that all happens we've got a team of editors and they're the ones that produce all of the all of the graphics you know they're the clever people in this um who's our virtual academy for would you suggest in our general subscription, we don't really focus on saying this is just apprentice level or this is master technician level or anything in between. You see, I think that if you understand how a system works, you understand how it works and it's a useful, meaningful piece of knowledge. So whether you're an apprentice uh, in your first year or you've been doing the job for 35 years and you're a master tech or whatever, um, then, you know, if you watch our content, you're going to get to the end of it and you're going to understand how it works. Earlier in the podcast, we spoke to Matt Cleveley, whose garage specialises in electric vehicles. Do you think electric vehicles are here to stay? Without question. In very many ways, EVs are better. Um, you know, you've got a, you've got more refinement in many ways. You know, your your NVH levels are are lower. You've uh, arguably got better performance. You've arguably got better storage space. You've got bigger crash structures. Um, there is nothing to not like. And then if you also uh, then bolt on the, the the next level of of thinking about automation whenever that's going to actually come is anyone's guess but but when you when you bolt that on automation works a lot better with electric vehicles too which so. garages do you think should be investing in this area then i think you've got to say all you know i mean there's been a there's been a sort of reluctance possibly in in, in some areas because they're not seeing the vehicles you know it's and, and you, you can't blame them but 
they are coming. And, you know, when, when like the benefit in kind rates for company car drivers changed and the various incentives for fleet companies, etc., etc., came into play. Well, you know, if, if you were a company car driver and you've got an ability to be paying significantly less tax on a monthly basis, then you're going to you're going to do it. Um, and as the um, ranges of these vehicles um, continues to go up, then these range anxiety issues are going to uh, going to fall by the wayside too. So it's something that if you're in the motor industry and you're interested in being here in, in, in another five, ten years time, then if, if, if you're not investing in it, you, you are potentially going to be limiting the size of your market in the not too distant future. Mechanics are traditionally mechanically minded and enjoy taking things apart, seeing how they work and putting them back together again. They've always been happy to turn their hand to anything that comes into the workshop. Of course, that's been increasingly difficult of late with data access issues and so on. But now with electric vehicle garages are told they shouldn't go anywhere near an electric vehicle without training. It goes against the natural urge to touch prod to see how these electric vehicles work though doesn't it what kinds of risks are we talking about for garages that haven't yet completed training in this area and suddenly find an electric vehicle in their workshop it depends on the job that's being done you know if you're if and uh, and also you know i have to i have to be careful what i say because it it depends but there are a huge percentage of jobs that can be done and particularly if you're talking a, a, a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid that can still be done in exactly the same way as uh, as working on a conventional vehicle but equally there are lots of pitfalls too so you know the the key around this is not really giving out a blanket statement it is it is you know straightforward enough there's enough uh, providers out there of uh, of good quality training is get yourself up to speed it is not a ridiculously big step to get yourself up to speed and once you've done so then you know you're you're in a position of uh, of competence i think people have got to wrap their heads around it they've got to learn it's far too uh, risky to not because you know if you look at the risk versus reward ratio well the risk is big um, you know we're, we're talking about uh, extremely high voltages you know there's there's vehicles out there that are that are knocking on of having 800 volt circuits in them there was a, a an interesting clarification that came out a little while ago on uh, around the electricity at work act as well and um, they they find that the electricity at work act does apply to people that are that are working on high energy vehicles yeah. because it's so easy for something to go terribly wrong with electric vehicles if the technician hasn't undergone training even something as seemingly mundane as lifting the vehicle in the air could go disastrously wrong with those high voltage cables that run along the underside of these vehicles oh yeah 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 that's right that's right there's uh there's there's lots of little pitfalls that could become absolutely humongous problems uh be it a vehicle getting damaged or worse still someone getting hurt once you are trained these systems are not something to be scared of um the manufacturers do design in some you know very intelligent systems to ensure that these vehicles are safe um, and so you know as long as you as long as you know what you're doing there is nothing to be scared of it is the uh, you know flailing around in the dark that is where the, the the risk is right up there 
Can you tell us a bit more about what's available on our Virtual Academy when it comes to EV? We've got a, a suite that we started writing it with the view of what do technicians need to know. We built it up and then after a while we, we thought, you know, there's there's clearly a market in the area of qualifications too. So we, we looked at becoming an IMI centre and being able to offer a blended learning package. So that means that all of the training um, that we've got for any certificated courses or otherwise are part of a subscription but if you want to get the certificate as well then you have to buy a a separate product from us that includes the cost of the uh, face-to-face assessment but we've got um, we've got a suite that that certainly goes um, uh, above and beyond um, IMI level three um, as the as the standards are at the moment and in the not too distant future we're going to be going back to that and redeveloping it um, and taking into account some of the modern developments uh, too it starts off very much at the at the basics as to um, what a hybrid electric vehicle is um, through to uh, the pitfalls much like you mentioned there with ramps for example Mike um, those sorts of points the the maintenance side of uh, of working on these vehicles um, through to the safety aspects um, around it including things like how to not get electrocuted and how to measure voltage competently to confirm the absence of voltage before you're going to touch anything um, and then we got a suite that then goes into the components and, uh, and, 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 you know, it's a pretty geeky suite that goes into, you know, how the components work and, uh, and in turn, how to, how to carry out diagnostic procedures, including things like diagnosing high voltage batteries. When I saw you earlier this year, you were telling me about a new level three hybrid training course. Obviously, plans will have been put on hold following the lockdown but um, can you just tell us a little bit more about what we can expect from this we provide access to the content for for 12 months it contains all of the uh, all the guided learning hours it's called for uh, for IMI uh, level three and what tends to happen is our customers have a couple of months window to go through the training and then once they've completed the training and 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 we can see that they have done it then that means that they can they're eligible to attend an assessment day if all goes well someone gains their certificate Um, but a nice thing about it is um, I'd class myself as an average human being the average human being forgets about 80% of the content taught um, after only a few days now that means that you know it's quite possible to get yourself your your certificate you've got it on the wall in reception or whatever but nine months in when you when you when you have to do a certain a certain job around it you might not be able to remember the uh, the specific information and and the certificate hasn't proven as as much value as perhaps it it should with our approach we we provide 12 months access to it so you can then refer back to that content and relearn on demand when you need to uh, while you're you know leaning over the wing of a vehicle or whatever uh, remind yourself of that information and then you've got an extra bang for the buck you, you, you haven't just got that qualification you've also got that knowledge that's there when you commercially need it what about hydrogen fuel cell cars then because many perceive hydrogen as the future it's very interesting technology i uh, i don't deny it we uh, we we had an opportunity to uh, spend some time with some hydrogen fuel cell vehicles uh, uh, early on this year, I think it was, might have been last year. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's great, but um, it, it is still an electric vehicle. Um, it's just it, it it can make its own electric vehicle if you chuck um, hydrogen into it. The one thing that I 
question is 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 how mechanically complex they are when you're embedding in um, a hydrogen fuel cell into a vehicle you do need to add in a lot of valves and flaps and pipes and bottles and stuff and you know if you look at a fully stripped out full electric vehicle that you plug in and when you look at a fully stripped out hydrogen fuel cell there is a very large difference in the number of components that are in there and, and to a degree the number of moving components that are in there as well so if the future is about simplification of technology and production costs being um, low uh, then I'm, I'm inclined to think that maybe the future of cars uh, with hydrogen fuel cell possibly um, isn't 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 such a big one we are fast running out of time on Frey Ben it's been a pleasure having you here before we finish up there have you got any closing thoughts tips or advice for listeners it's prepare for the future the one thing that we know is going to happen in life is change and and the last uh, the last few months has, has proven that no end so I, I think uh, you know if you if you want to stay in the game and uh, it's a it's a great game to be in I think now is very much the time to be uh, to be investing in in skills and knowledge and equipment to make sure we're all we're all there to service those uh, and maintain those those vehicles in the future vehicles aren't going to go away and it's an exciting time to be in the motor industry now it's the time to make the most of it many thanks for joining us ben great to have you on nice one thanks mike take care that's it for this episode well done for making it to the end and being as though you have why not subscribe to the garage world podcast in your podcast player we've got further information on everything we've covered in today's episode on the garage world website and you can get in touch with me by emailing michael.ruff at garagewild.co.uk thanks for listening we'll be back with a new episode in a couple of weeks